Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. How do you know that your salvation will be forever settled and that there's no way that you will fail? Now, we know that many are called, few are chosen. We know that Jesus said, straight is the gate and narrow the way that leadeth to life, and few there be that find it. We also know that uh, the kingdom of God, that we have Christ in you, the hope of glory, that we have Christ in you, the hope of glory, that must be obeyed in obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. But how do you know, as a believer, that you will never fail? Second Peter, the first chapter, tells us exactly how. And as we take a look at it, and he said, Simon Peter, servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given to us all things as the things of faith, but all things that pertain unto life and godliness, which carries more than just faith, hope unto the final epoch of charity, the final perfection of charity, which is the love of God based in doing his will. Now, how do we get there? Through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. So we're not only called there for justification by faith, but under glorification, our vile body, fashioned like in his glorious body, whereby he's able to subdue all things unto himself. So whom the Lord did foreknow, them he did call. He did predestine. This, all things that pertain unto life and godliness, the God life. And faith starts it. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. But as we obey of obedience and the good works that accompany this faith, faith without works being dead alone, can faith alone save you? This growth in the inner man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that there will be no failing from this grace. How do we know? Because he said, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. That's holiness, God's divine nature. And he goes on and says, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now here's the key. Verse 5 through 7 tells us the key of what we must do. And he said, and hereby, beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Now to add, it sounds, that sounds very easy. You say, well, I want to add this to that. I want to add virtue to faith. But then how do you do that? Well, let's do obedience. So obedience unto righteousness is essential for us to grow up into Jesus in all things, in all truth, in the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. A church without spot, without blemish, that has made herself ready. 
There, in verse 5, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. How? Virtue to be virtuous, solely obedient unto God, and not being uh, deceived by the uh, various uh, spirits that come on there of, of this doctrines of devils, these, the spirits of wickedness that lie in wait to deceive, captive silly women held captive, this, these doctrines of devils that in the last days that it said that some shall depart from the faith. Now, 1 Timothy 4.1, given heed to these seducing spirits. It's not just spirits. They're very seductive. They appeal to the flesh. They appeal to the world, the worldly ways. Seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Having the conscience sealed with a hard arm, forbidding to marry, abstaining from each which God has sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Well, some will depart from the faith because it'll be so seducing. Iniquity will abound. The level of many will act wax cold. Well, by obedience, you add to your faith virtue, but that doesn't stop there. And to virtue, knowledge. Now, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And it's through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we live this life of godliness, the God life. But we don't stop there at knowledge. Now we're getting that knowledge. Well, we're adding that by obedience, through obedience, growing from faith to faith, from glory to glory. And each one has its own glory. Yes, because you're adding to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge. He doesn't stop there. He said knowledge, temperance. Temperance is self-control, ruling one spirit well. Those that's, that literally reach for the mastery are temperate in all things. You strive for the mastery to do the will of God. is temperate, self-controlled in all things. Then temperance, you add patience. You keep adding. Well, how did you add? It's not just something, well, I think I'll add this to my cart and pick that off the wall and I'll add that. And you go to the checkout stand and say, this is mine. No, it's not purchased with money. It's purchased there in the heavenlies by faith. It's attributed to us by faith and adding to it is obedience. So in obedience and to the doctrine of Christ, being led of the Holy Ghost in obedience to the leading of the Holy Ghost, that we're doing the will of God. And we find that in Romans 12, verse 1, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, be ye transformed. That transformation is through obedience. The Holy Ghost says, walk this way. Here's the way, walk in it. And then you obey, you yield to the Holy Ghost. And if walking in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, you do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the live to the flesh will die, which is carnal mindedness. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. There, that's that temperance, temperance, patience. Well, then, after you've done the will of God, you have need of patience, but let patience have her perfect work that you'll receive a full reward. Well, the patience then is something that you added through obedience. 
And then to patience, you add godliness. Godliness, that little G-O-D-L-I-N-E-S-S, godliness is a godlike. Now, the mystery of godliness is great. It said, without controversy, great is a mystery of godliness. 1 Timothy 3.16. Without controversy, it is great. It's a mystery. It's an effectual working of the Holy Ghost in obedience. We cannot overemphasize obedience. Because it's through this obedience that the Holy Ghost is given to them that obey him. And through this obedience, we have this God-like, godliness. How do we get it? For God was manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16. He's already done it. He's shown us the way, the truth, and the life. We're walking in his footsteps, in his way, his truth, that has already been shown and given us his spirit to fulfill it. Through obedience, yielding to the Holy Ghost in obedience. The God life, yeah, we reach godliness after we add to faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience. Then finally we get to the God life, godliness. And it's not of anything that we've done. For God was manifest in the flesh, <clears throat> justified in the spirit, seen of angels, seen of angels, preached on to the Gentiles. Believed on in the world? Who? God was. The Lord Jesus Christ is that spirit who made himself of no reputation that came down from heaven. That spirit, the word of God. That man. Not human, not a man in a human body, but that man, Jesus Christ, that no man that ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, that man, even the son of man which is in heaven, came down that Spirit of God, the Word was made flesh. Then God was manifest in the flesh. He was justified in the Spirit. Justification. Justified by the Spirit? Yes, he's declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. Romans 1, 3, and 4. Well, he's proclamated, proclaimed to be, declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. He's the only man that was ever raised from the dead and literally went back in name exalted above the heavens, above the third heaven. Jesus Christ. That name's above every name. The blood name, revealed name of God is Jesus. That's the God life. And it's him that's done it. He that knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That righteousness is God himself came in flesh. Manifest. Showed us the way, the truth, and the life. Died for our propitiation, for our justification. Was buried, rose again, first fruits, first begotten from the dead. And went back glorified with the Father's own self to his glory, to his place where he had been before. And that's the reason why it's what, and if you'll see the Son of Man ascend, back up to heaven where he was before, before Pilate. And he did. Jesus is that God. Because God did it, showing us the way, the truth, and the life. Then in him, by him, and through Christ, we overcome. And we overcome by faith. And that requires obedience. To add to our faith virtue is obedience. And then to add to virtue knowledge is obedience. From faith to faith, from glory to glory. 
growing up into him in all things, things of faith. Then that knowledge to temperance. That's through obedience again. And temperance, patience, obedience again. Obedience is required unto doing the will of God in all things. And that patience unto godliness, the God life. And that is through him, by him, and through none other than Jesus Christ, our Savior. Then you add to godliness, brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness. That's the Church of Philadelphia. Let brotherly love continue. That is a goodly a thing for the brethren that dwell together in the unity of the faith. Well, there, we think that would be the last step. But there's one more step. There abideth faith, hope, and charity. But the greatest of these is charity. Faith, I'm a child. I'll said on a child, I understood as a child. I spake as a child. But when I became a man, fully grown, I put away childish things. And he's speaking of growing up in charity. Not just faith, not hope, but charity. Charity is not love. It's far greater. Well, that charity is love for God based in the word of God doing his will in obedience. Obedience is the key. The Holy Ghost says do it. The Holy Ghost leads. The Holy Ghost literally guides. And it's us to obey. And he's greater than any other spirit in this world. Greater is he that is within you than he that's in the world. So that finally goes from brotherly kindness to charity. Charity, let's see what charity does. Well, charity is doing the will of God. Charity is uh, the bond of perfectness. It's the guarantee of perfection. Charity will cover a multitude of sins. Charity, charity is the final glory and the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ. Why do we have to reach that? We see in 2 Thessalonians, the first chapter, that your faith groweth exceedingly and the charity of every one of you abounds one toward another. They've reached that point in that present truth of Pentecost. But there's a higher glory and a higher season than Pentecost in tabernacles, which is a feast of trumpets, the ministry voice of Jesus that God is calling his body to now. And those that stay in the Pentecostal reign will literally stay backslid as they prefer the old wine, the old store better, than the new wine, the new thing, the be new wineskins that God is doing now, presently, in present truth. Well, charity is that bond of perfectness. It, charity, is that place where it rejoices in the truth. It seeketh not its own, it's not puffed up. That charity is the final growth step in the glory reaching that measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto a perfect measure of him, unto a perfect man. So how do we get there? God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. It's all in him, by him, and through him. There, the Lord is that spirit. We have to understand Jesus 
is the Lord. He is that spirit. He's not spirit junior. He's not a person of the Godhead, a second person. He is the person of God. He is Jesus only, the blessed and only potentate. That's 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. The blessed only potentate is the omnipotent, almighty God. As he stated in Revelation 1, 8, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and it's come, the almighty. He is the almighty God, not a part of God. He is God. That man is God, always has been God, and always will be God. There, that making the way, the truth, and life, he made himself of no reputation, laid aside his glory to become that man. Show us how he would do it in his own arm of flesh. Isaiah 59, 16, Isaiah 63, 5. And then doing that, then nothing worthy of death any. Tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. Then died, buried, rose again in our stead as our propitiation. Now has ascended back up to where he was before sat down with the Father in his throne, not beside it, in it. Revelation 3.21. He is that God. And said, now I give you my spirit to do what I did. I give you my spirit so you can also do what I did. The power of God and the salvation. And as we read, when we reach this charity, it's growing up in him in all things, not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. What does it mean for us? Well, that charity. For if these things abide in you, you add it to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godly, brotherly kindness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. Then, if these things be in you and abound unto every good work, this is obedience. They make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, can I fail? Can you fail with these things? What if I don't do this? Well, Peter covers that too. But he that lacketh these things may say he started out in faith, but he faltered. He wasn't virtuous to God. He was not true to God. But they still say he's saved. It's not so. Virtue is you're a virtuous woman. You're a, you, are, you have virtue and truth. Literally following the leading of your God and not being prostituted to any other spirit. You're following the Lord God Almighty. And then from that virtue, then he gives you knowledge. And then by taking that knowledge and obedience, you go to the next step and you're temperate in all things. And by that temperance, that's that tempered mortar. You've been through the fire. You've been through the trip, the manifold temptations that your faith was tried as by fire, that it brought forth pure gold, the glory of God. Thinking how strange a fiery trial, which is a try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings and the glory of God resteth upon your head. It resteth upon you. And your light affliction was only but for a moment, worketh for you a more exceeding, excellent and exceeding weight of glory, an eternal weight of glory. Well, if these things abide in you, wonderful. If they don't, 
You don't have the knowledge of God. Well, you believe the preacher, you believe the pastor, but you never sought him on your own diligently seeking the Lord your God. You didn't get the God life and certainly didn't reach charity and doing the will of God. Well, what happens then? But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. His spiritual sight is blind, and blindly and blind both have fallen into the ditch, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sin. He was, but he didn't go on to the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He forgot it. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. How? Through obedience. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. <clears throat> now, that is a strong promise. You shall never fall. Never. It didn't say people around you wouldn't fall. A thousand at your left, ten thousand at your right. Yet the plague won't come nigh thee, neither, neither nigh thy house. That's a promise. Well, it didn't say that you wouldn't be tempted, tried, and all things, persecuted into perils of brethren, claiming to be the apostles of Christ and Satan himself, transforming himself into an angel of light. How much more his ministers? You're going to have these things. Anybody that lives for God, that lives godly in Christ Jesus, shall suffer persecution. All that live godly will. That's a promise. And if you have, then rejoice and leap for joy, for great is your reward in heaven. He goes on and says, if you do these things, you shall never fall. If you've added to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, <laughs> godliness, 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 brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity, you have grown up into Jesus and all these things and all truth. And there's no occasion for you to fall. He says, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you. How will it be ministered to you? Through the Lord Jesus Christ himself. It will be ministered to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the God of glory. Wherefore, I will not be negligent and negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. What are these things? The things of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We, want, we don't want to be negligent. We want to be diligent, earnestly seeking the Lord our God through obedience, adding to our faith virtue. That's through obedience. Well, somebody said, well, faith plus nothing equals salvation. That's a lie. Can faith alone save you? No, you got to add to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, etc. Well, we don't want to be negligent. We don't want to be where we're not seeking the Lord diligently and fail of these promises. And we're told by Paul in Hebrews 4, take heed lest a promise slip any of us that we should seem to come short of entering to his rest. For there remained the rest of the people of God. If Jesus had given a rest, he would not have spoken of another day. There's an eternal sabbatical rest to the people of God. 
he goes on and says, Wherefore I will not be negligent to give you always in remembrance of these things, but you always, though you know them, now watch this, and be established in the present truth. Alluding to there'll be more truth as the season goes on from Pentecost to Tabernacles and the, that in the last day reign of the Holy Ghost, not the former reign, not the book of Acts, but the latter reign, that is the tabernacle reign in that last season. That's where we're in now. Now, this is what we had to do in the former reign in the present truth. Now we're coming into man living by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God in the present truth of the word of God is a new season. We're in a new season of God. And that is tabernaculus, not Pentecostal. We're in that ministry voice of Jesus, the Feast of Trumpets. And that's what God is doing now. And he says there that I think it means as long as I'm in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance of these things. Well, God, whom he foreknew, he called. He did predestinate you to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ not something less, to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those that he predestinated, that he predestined, them he called. Now, there's many called, few are chosen. Why? Because they don't obey. Because tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake. By and by, they become offended. Or cares of this world deceitfulness of riches creep in and choke the word. It becomes unfruitful. But some go all the way and bring forth some 30, 60, 100 fold. They're on good ground. They bring forth Jesus in you. They bring forth unto perfection. They bring forth the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And you've done the will of God. And God will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But if we haven't done good, if we haven't added to our faith virtue, that by obedience, virtue knowledge, here again, that by obedience, and knowledge temperance, again, that by obedience, and uh, that temperance patience, here again, all the way from godliness, brotherly kindness, to charity. And that charity is full grown. And that charity will cover a multitude of sins. It's the only way you're guaranteed not to fall. Not to fall from grace. To literally overcome in all things. In all truth. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man. And that is why we have this more sure word of prophecy. That the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Sent and signified it by his angel unto John. John right now in the body of Christ that must prophesy again before many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings is being prepared right now. We love to hear from you. We want to go on diligently serving the Lord our Savior, growing up in him in all things, not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, unto a perfect man, and to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, what we're called for, 
this everlasting gospel being preached in all the world for witness in all nations. And then the end will come. Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Why? So we can meet, so we can become one. Of which every joint supplies to the edifying of itself and love. The bone must come together to bone. And it makes a joint. We join together. And when we do that, then the devil's knees quake. Because Jesus is manifest in and through the body of Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Just as Paul said, I was crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Christ is living. Manifest a city set upon a hill that cannot be hid. You are the light of the world. You are that city that's set upon a hill that cannot be hid. You are that living epistle. You are a royal priesthood. You are the body of the Christ that God is calling together now. Again, that's Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or you can uh, message us, ask a question, send it to us over our websites, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. We want to thank you for all your prayerful support and your generous offerings by which we're able to keep this podcast coming over the air to you. We always pray over the offerings, 3,600 fold, literally multiplied back to you that you will abound to every good work. Thank you for your prayerful support. Again, give us a call. We want to meet you. We want to go in the unity of the faith, going together in obedience for this great work of the ministry in this last day. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.